0: Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com.
1: Brewers, it's time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer, this is Brew Strong.
0: Welcome to Brew Strong. We are live from Homebrew Kong in Providence, Rhode Island. My good friend John Palmer here with me. I'm greetings, cretins. That's right. <laughs> I'm Justin Crosley filling in for Jamil uh who uh, couldn't be here. Uh, had, a, had a family emergency to be home uh, with. Uh, everybody's doing okay, uh, but we miss him. And uh, instead, you got to listen to me. But luckily, we've got uh, my good friend, uh, Michael Mufasa Ferguson, on the program with us. Yes, they do. How are you doing, y'all? Well, the beauty about this, too, is that uh, Drew Beecham and Denny Kahn are doing their podcast right across the way from us, and now we've got your booming voice to drown them (laughs) out. I I needed that.
2: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Although my voice is quickly going away. Yeah, you and me both, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's what's going to happen. And as it goes away, the register gets lower and lower and lower. <laughs> right. But then I, I, uh, I, I Bobby Brady in the middle. It's like, hello? Yeah, just right know? there. Yeah. Which is a funny noise to hear coming out of you. Uh, yeah. By the way. It's like my underwear got stark or something. So, uh,
0: Mr. Palmer, we want to thank our wonderful sponsor, John Blickman, yeah, uh, for yeah. supporting this show as he always does.
3: Yeah, indeed. He's got a lot of great new stuff over there. Got some new anvil uh, equipment, including the all in ones, which we just talked about in the old previous show.
0: That's right. Uh, He's a smart guy. He's a good guy. It's always fun to hang out with him here, and we thank him for supporting the show uh, for for all these years now. You guys have been doing pretty strong for ten years. Yeah. Mm Yeah. The BN's about to have its 14th anniversary party tomorrow night. Yes. And uh, John Palmer and uh, Jamil have been working for free for all that time. I can't thank you guys (laughs) enough. Any excuse (laughs) to party. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But but
2: is it really free when you're when you're with the Bn army. See? That's that's There's, what I say. Yeah. Is it really free? I mean it's it's like you trade this was so fun. Yes, <laughs> oh, I right. see. It, well, <laughs> I didn't want to get that dark, but if we're going there, <laughs> yeah. I'm the darkest guy here. <laughs> you always are. <laughs> yes, yes, I bring shadow to the room. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it is always super fun to talk to you, Mufasa. And one Indeed. of the reasons we wanted to bring you on is I saw that you were giving a uh, presentation this week. Yeah, a great uh, title. About something that I thought is near and dear to our listeners. Over the years, we've seen a lot of our homebrew listeners go pro. Mm-hmm. It's always fun for me to go to the Great American Beer Festival, for example, and they come up to me and they say, "Hey, you know, thank you for the information. They thank John. They thank Jamil. Right. I'm now a pro brewer. What was? And and this was part of your presentation. What was the title of your presentation? The
2: title of my presentation is: So you want to be a pro brewer? Are you crazy?
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> And you know, a little tongue in cheek. A little tongue
2: in cheek, but um, there there had to be there had to be some reality. There had to be some reality check because you know, with seventy five hundred breweries out there, three thousand in planning, right? right? I mean, it's 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 competition. It's getting, the, the competition is fierce. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think we, you know, and like we talked about, you know, the other night, I think that we we aren't in reinventing the wheel. Yeah. This has happened before. We've had. Yeah. This many breweries, this many breweries in this country before before prohibition. Before prohibition, we saying, yeah. yeah, and uh, and it was very local. And so my suggestion is to go back to the roots and be local once again. You know, yeah. with, with with nano, and uh, you know go into there. But but it's you're still crazy to even want to go pro, even yeah. work for a brewery or even set up a brewery. You you it's it's not It's a lot there. of hard work. It's a lot of hard work, and you if you don't do your homework, just take your money. Go to the nearest toilet and flush it down. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> right. Don't waste your time or don't your money. Don't waste your time or your money. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, there, it's off my, it's, it's out of my pocket, it's off my chest.
0: Well, and, and so. before we even get into the do's and don'ts, I think it's important to talk about turning your hobby into your profession in general. People ask me all the time, it's kind of a running joke, that I don't really brew anymore and I don't homebrew. But here, yeah. if I'm honest about it, you know, when I have a day off, now that, now that I made my hobby my job... I kind of want to go do something else. In other words, your hobby will lose some of its luster when it becomes your profession.
2: It, it always does. I know many a chef who, who's a vegetarian. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, okay.
0: right. you
2: know. And I, and I, when I worked for IBM, I wanted nothing to do with computers. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So I mean, I understand that completely. I loved brewing. You know, I mean, it yeah. was. I fell into it backwards. It was an accident. I. Okay. Responded to a job for an engineer. Okay. Right? Yeah. And it turned out to be Dan Gordon in, you know, the Palo Alto Brewery, GB1. Oh, I
0: didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. And and it was like, why haven't I been doing this all my life? Yeah. You know, hardest job I've ever worked. Right. But why haven't I been doing this all my life? Plus, I was buff. <laughs> I was buff. You could bounce a bowling ball off my abs. Wow. I mean, I traded in that six-pack for checks. a keg. Yeah. Sure. You know? Over the years. <laughs> Over yeah. the years. But, yeah. Uh, it, it was like I had to. I had to be doing this. I had to do it, and that's really the only reason to even get into brewing
0: is if you feel that you have to brew. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? Then you yeah, should. Yeah. Then you should. But I think it was even Jamil. He's gonna hate me, especially if I'm wrong. But I, I, I think <laughs> I can remember Jamil back in the day as a home brewer. And everyone was like, you, sh- "You should go pro. Your beer's so good. You're the most award-winning brewer." I told him that myself. I think I remember him saying, "Why, why would I want to ruin a good hobby?" Yeah. And then, sure enough, he eventually ruined a good hobby and started yes. his own his own brewery. But, and, he,
3: and he's very successful. He
0: is, but I think that you have to be aware of that trade off. And maybe I'm saying something that's re- relatively obvious, but I don't think you really know <laughs> the trade off until you do it. No,
2: you don't. And that's why I suggest to people it's like, intern, go work for the man
0: for a while, you know, yeah. just, just to see how hard the job is. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Now, and it's not to say that you don't still love beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. And, and I still, you know, whenever I do finally sit down and homebrew, I, I am reminded how much I love it. I do have a good time. But like I said, if I got a day off, I'm like, I'm gonna go have some wine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hiking. I'm gonna do something other than, than beer because it's because right. it, day in and day out, it's that's what out. you do, and yeah. and I I understand that completely. Yeah. Um,
2: right. right. Now that I'm at beer adjacent, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit more attractive again. That makes sense. Yeah. You know. So, what, what what are
0: you doing now, Mufasa?
2: Uh, now I work for Tapright, and Albert's Dispense Technologies Company, <laughs> and. Um, I, I'm the, the director of business growth, okay. business development, yep. and so basically I I'm, I'm on the beer side, but we do soda and everything. And right.
0: Right. Uh, is Taprite a, a dispensing
2: company essentially? It's a dispensing company. I mean, we're known for our regulators. Okay. right? seventy okay. percent okay. of the regulators out there are probably ours. I see. You know, uh, however. Um, and they may be rebranded, but they're still ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, however, we've gotten into to the point where we make everything from spear to the Faucet. Okay. Okay, right. Including the Faucet. <laughs> so, <laughs> including the Faucet,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh oh, anyone wants to check it out? TapRight.com. Okay. Uh, new product idea. Albert's Dispense.com. Faucet. Moe faucet. A move faucet. Oh.
0: Oh. How did Palmer oh. come up with that? Oh before my, you, Mufasa. What? Oh my god! Oh my god! Hey,
2: it's mine now. Okay. Sorry, it's yeah. mine.
0: Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. The biggest blackest faucet you've ever seen in your and, life. And,
2: and, and, and we we actually have this
0: this this black... That black stainless steel? Yeah. 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 <laughs> On oh, the <move> faucet <laughs> The move faucet Oh, my god, yeah, baby. Homer, how <laughs> <not> come <laughs> you don't do this marketing for me? <laughs> it, it,
2: it will have to get just a bit longer, but it, it's, it's perfect. It's got to be the right blood alcohol level. <laughs> It's a little longer.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's the tagline. The move faucet The move faucet It's a little it's longer. a little longer. Because it has to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the beer is deep, too. That is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, all right, we're going to take a quick break right now because we've got to write down some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hang in there, you're listening to Bruce Strong live from HomebrewCon. welcome back to brew strong live from the floor of homebrew Con. we're having a good time hanging out with mufasa <laughs> inventing new products as we go that's right um, absolutely all right so back to the task at hand here mufasa the the topic that you uh gave a presentation about is, is going pro and i think what a little tongue-in-cheek on the title mm-hmm. but what you were i think going for is maybe some do's and don'ts if you're gonna do this This is what you should know. Absolutely. Can you give us a little rundown of it? Well, um, first of all, you need to know
2: everything about the market. If you don't know what's going on in the market, then you're going in blind. You might as well just like, you know, stumble over a cliff and end it now. Sure. Um, You need to know what area you're going to go into. You need to look at demographics because it's not simple anymore. It's not like you're going to open up a brewery and they're going to rush to you because you're building a better mousetrap. Yeah. I mean, you
0: could have one of the best beers in the country and never, ever see an award. That's right. Yeah. Well, and this we mentioned this with Jamil. You know, all Mm. your friends might say, you make such good beer, you should be pro. You should be pro. Okay, but once you go pro, let's be honest for a second, nobody gives a shit. No, It doesn't, you know... (laughs) <laughs> it, it does matter how good of a brewer sure. you are, but it, it, your friends are not the the audience at large. So no. you need to know the market. You need to know the
2: market. So you have to do your demographic search. You have to know the age group that's that's going to be in in your area. You have to know who has the money. Okay. You have to know what audience to target. And right, people don't right. even consider that yeah. when you're opening up a brewery. Yeah. Who's your target audience? Now, I know some people that, that go in straight. With a target audience. The, the metal brewers that are out there, there's a number of mine. There's got to be like a, about 100 metal breweries out there now. You know, they're Pantera. We're talking metal music. yeah, metal oh, okay, music, Right. And stuff like that. Love and, it. And they have these like really brashy beers. In fact, the, the name of this particular brewery, brewery is called Brash. Yeah. And uh, Vince Mandeville from St. Arnold's fame. Okay. And he's got like all these beautiful... Old time arcade machines. Yeah. You know, stand-up mm-hmm. arcade machines. Right, and, right. and they do rage yoga on Saturday mornings. As in Rage Against the Machine? As in as in <laughs> <"Fuck!" You're> actually <laughs> you know, They're actually right. raging. Yeah, so so I, I understand that it's 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 very cathartic and very therapeutic. Sure. You know? And but they it's, found a thing. They found a thing, they found a niche. They know their audience. They cater to that audience. Yeah. All right. And if you're gonna just set up a brewery somewhere in some suburb and you don't know who your target audience is. You're, you, I mean, you know, you may right. get lucky, yeah. but you're throwing darts with a blindfold
0: on. Yeah. I had a, a, a nice conversation with Tom McCormick, the the president of uh, the California Brewers Guild. Oh, yes, yes. A few years back. and we were t- So the Brewing Network opened a bar about uh, five years ago, actually, next month, uh, called the Hop Grenade. But back at that mm-hmm. time, I had to kind of make a decision. Uh, do I want to open a brewery or do I want to open a bar? And I knew right. that the Brewing Network should expand into something. Right. I chose a bar because we interview brewers for a living, they're all our friends, and I thought, why compete? I'll just sell everybody's beer. But Tom brought up this good point uh, about our brand in the Brewing Network, and he said, I don't recommend that anybody open a brewery anymore if they don't have a story, if they don't have something behind them that people can relate to. Right. right. And what he was right. saying was that the Brewing Network probably would have done fine as a it company. has a story yeah. he had yeah. a story yes uh, but he was very adamant that uh, you know that the market is as such that if you don't stand out with something that people can relate to you're you're like you said earlier mm-hmm. you just just give me your money now just hand it to just me, hand and I'll, it take me it. And I'll take it i'll take it and then you can go home so mm-hmm. you're right. kind of advocating the same thing you've got to have know your market but you have to relate to your market you have
2: to relate to your, and the, the slide said know your audience and you you have to know that yeah, you're yeah. moving into a town i mean Metropolitan areas are saturated, except right. in some places. I mean, you in can, some parts of the country, yeah, you can still go into Houston, probably. I mean, it's a, the metropolitan area is five million people. There's 55 breweries there. You probably, you know, I mean, San Diego has less yep. people than mm-hmm. 150 breweries, right? Right. So, yeah, good point. So, I mean, so there's still places where you could put it in, but you do stu- you do need a concept, yeah. yeah, right. And that's and
0: that's and you need customer service. There's a, a man. 30. I wish 30. I could remember the name, but there's a little brewery in Portland. Okay, Portland just sounds like an awful place to open a brewery right (laughs) now, right? Because like San Diego, they're saturated, but they're just specializing in German beer. Okay, now right. it doesn't sound like a niche, right? Right. Okay, But, but in, it is. But in Portland, it is. Mm-hmm. And they are right. killing a Kolsch, and they're killing a Pilsner, and they're killing a Helles. And I go there because My of My favorite that. beers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And, and But because of that, even though that's a very traditional style, that you're not reinventing the wheel, mm-hmm. they stand out in Portland because of it. Yes. Right, right. And they're winning awards for these things. Mm-hmm. So you
2: also have to be good at what you do. You have to be good at what you do. And that, and that's what made Gordon Beers stand out. You know, and I started with Gordon Beers. So I I refer to myself as a lager lad yeah i was mm-hmm. one of the original lager lads because everybody was making ales the right. lagers right. were took a little bit too much tlc a little bit too much time in the tank and and you know rotations were were hard to do yeah you know yeah. um but they're they're still like my favorite beers to drink if, sure yeah. the drinkability of the german style lagers and and the Kolsch, which is an ale but tastes like a lager yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah the uh, the drinkability of those beers is, you know,
0: is unbeatable. Of course, right. you know? and now right. the craft brewers are doing that well. They maybe they have the time to let that sit in the tank again. Yep. It, they've gotten better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So know your market. What's next, Mufasa? Okay, you, you also have to know the local laws
2: now. And the oh. reason I oh, say man. that is because there's so many things that can go wrong. In certain states and counties, you have to have an, enough parking space to actually open the business. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you don't have the right number of parking spaces, you, you, can't can't, open. you can't open. Yeah. Right? So you need to know that before you go in and buy something and then just find out that, you know, that, yeah. that law sure. is going to bite you in the butt. Or how about the uh, what, what uh, BJ's did? Uh, they opened up a brewery in Webster, and their their hub and spoke system they were going to do is like, we open up a brewery, then we take our beer to the restaurant. Yeah. Well, you couldn't do that in Texas at the time. I see. They didn't know that. Yeah. They should have oh, known that, man. but they didn't. Uh, got around it, you know, they, they were big enough to survive that sort of thing. Uh, went into Louisville. didn't use the lawyer. It was a dry county. Oh my god. You're <laughs> kidding me. Oh, right. Oh, no. So so I mean So, I mean these things you, you really have to go in. I mean people have already
0: made these mistakes.
2: So you have to learn from, from the from the history, right? right, right. I'm so. so relieved to hear you say that a company <laughs> of
0: that size has made these mistakes. Yeah. I've done it too. Uh, and we had a guest on. I'll talk about them in a second. But even with the hop grenades, we opened up a hop grenade in Fort Collins, Colorado. Now our bar model is to be a tap room and a bottle shop. And In California, that means you can buy bottles of beer to go. Oh, yeah. right. right. You know, a bit like a liquor store, but yep. uh, you you but can no have them, you can have them on premise or you can take them to go. And I thought so. Here we are. I picked Fort Collins. We we have the sign made up. Hop grenade <laughs> tap room and bottle shop. Guess what? You can't buy beer to go in Fort Collins, Colorado. (laughs) I fucked that up. I built my cold box to have built-in glass doors full of bottles bottles. because I thought you could take beer to go. I did not pay attention to enough of the details. Now, of course, we still sell bottles on site, right? But it's a fraction of sales, and I wasted a bunch of cold box space by not looking up that law,
2: right? And this, this, these are things you got to know all this stuff. Yeah, and if you look, if you uh, like, look up my, uh, you know, go to the website, look up. You know my presentation. There'll be a checklist of stuff that you just need to look into. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. there's
3: so many things. Um, What's that uh, website we're going to?
0: Uh,
2: we're going to the uh, AHA website, right? Is that, is that they where post the list? Yeah, oh, the AHA does right. it. The yeah. BA okay. does it as well. The BA does it yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So so make sure that you you check that up. But uh, another thing, water restrictions. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, people uh, yeah. people don't. This is why you know I suggest like nano breweries because um, what you put down the drain could piss off a county that's right uh i've i've been monitored in, in oxnard I, they put monitors on us man and we, we had to like watch everything we did and it, right. and it cost us a whole bunch of money to, to to pre-neutralize before things went down the drain they didn't want you killing off the bacteria they also didn't want you feeding the bacteria right so when
0: you dump yeast down there that's food for the bacteria <laughs> this is an excellent detail because right. some municipalities don't care yeah and others will be the most stickler you've ever seen Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we've talked to, to, to brewers about that over the years. Too.
3: Surcharges and all the rest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And
2: then, and then, then another thing you have to worry about is the health department. Oh yeah. The health department. Uh, what is, so I and I've been Barley's Casino and Brewing Company, and and I have copper drag chains in mine, but I was grandfathered in. Uh, Dave Otto, who was at the time uh, the head brewer over at Big Dogs, he ordered a, you know, a brew frame, with copper on the outside. Okay. Well, the lot changed. And he couldn't have copper. And he goes, it's on the outside. They said, it doesn't matter. Something might spill on the outside and drip back in. Oh, you know, I okay. mean, this, they, had, oh, they know degrees. not, not yeah. about beer, right? Right. But that
0: doesn't stop them from enforcing it. He had to sandblast the copper off all this chemicals. Wow. Ouch. So, <laughs> now here's the thing. We on this show, or you as a business owner, now you can spend time being annoyed at how ridiculous that is. Right. But it's a waste of your fucking time. Absolutely. What you really ought to do is just pay attention and get it done.
2: That's it, exactly. You... you you, need, you can't go in blind. Yeah. You know, and especially now. Yeah. You can't go in blind. The competition is fierce. Yes, there's a lot of bad beer out there, and I hate to say it. Yeah, it's okay. We there's, know. There's a lot of crap out there. Yeah. And and it, unfortunately, crappy beer doesn't immediately shut you down. There is one case. That's true. Uh, there <laughs> yeah. is one case that, that I know of personally uh, that maybe lasted three months. <laughs> that was... Uh, yeah. I, I won't talk about it because the, <laughs> the guy has since passed. But um, ah. um, the... Uh, uh, the enormity, the enormity of the of the situation now is, if you have good beer, you still might not be recognized. That's right. And bad beer, it's like if a high tide raises all boats, a low tide makes everybody smell. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And so if if there's a lot of bad beer out there now, it's affecting you because people are saying, well, that's what craft beer is. Yeah.
0: It stinks. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, exactly. I was a, I was a musician for years, and we would always talk amongst uh, our musician friends that there were there are bands out there, there are artists out there that belong at the top of the chart, absolutely, and they yeah. will never see the They'll light. They'll never of get there. And so, I think your point is well taken when you say, you know, you might make wonderful beer, and I and I hope you do. Yeah. But it doesn't mean success even no, then. Not even yeah, close. Right. And then I just I want to put a finer point uh, before we move on to the topic again about knowing your laws. Sometimes the laws seem obvious, and you still better look them up. Yes. Uh, uh, we had a brewery on the show uh, not too long ago that opened up a brewery in Chico, California, home, uh-huh. of, home of Sierra Nevada. Yes. It would seem obvious that since it's the home of one of the largest craft breweries in the world that they can open a brewery and have a tap room on site. Right. It turned out they couldn't. They got the building. Uh, they got the funding. They started building, and because they didn't have a restaurant, they could not sell beer out of their oh, tap room. Right, and that was that was that fifteen barrel that went in up there, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm I'm with him. I'm thinking, well, of co- well of I'm in Sierra Nevada Town. Absolutely, they had to go back. It delayed their opening by I don't know how many months. They had to get the law changed. So that the law would allow them to serve beer over the counter at their tap room that did not have a restaurant.
2: Yeah, and so. a lot of these breweries are going to benefit from people that do that. Like, like Freetail, you know, spearheaded the whole um, self distribution thing in right. Texas. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. without them. Um, you know, we, we might not have the laws that have been changing rapidly down there now. That was beer to go. Yep. You could even get delivery beer. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> sure. You know, uh, yeah. Sam Calagione did this in Delaware. Uh, Garrett Marrero did it in Maui. So it's not to say that you can't change things, no. but that's a tough road to hoe. Right. And yeah. really what you need to do is pay attention to the laws
2: and hope that people like Garrett, you know, and Sam are, you know, are, are leading the way to help you advance. Because yeah. these these guys, they, they, have, they have good names. Uh, you 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 know their product. You you know right, that you right. know their reputations, and they're going to be the ones that when you when you put their name on something, it's going to probably push things through faster than putting you know Mufasa yeah. on it. And yeah. There's oh, I love the Lion King. Get out. <laughs> <know>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right.
0: What's next? So uh, I got to know my market. I got to know my laws. What's next? Okay. Uh, the other thing is, uh, and and this and this this is something that
2: uh, I'm I'm sad to say that a lot of people go in. Without recognizing, and that is the rule of thumb: two years operating capital. Ah, oh okay. okay. Because your general success rate is going to be beyond
0: a year. Okay, okay. And yeah, you makes have sense. to have, yep. you have to have two years of operating capital to move forward. And here's what's scary about that. That's a lot of money, Mufasa. It's too much money for most people. Yeah, I can hear our mm-hmm. listeners right now going, Well, Fringing. I'm ambitious, I wanna open this, but fuck that, I don't have two years of capital. And yeah. then a lot of people will open anyway, and then they'll have that issue
2: of nine months through to a year from now where they can't pay paychecks because yeah. Yeah. something happened. A drought happened, a tornado hit their tore their roof off. Oh man, yeah.
0: Right. You right. know?
2: And all of a sudden they're like, Okay, we're done. Right. All right. And so you gotta make sure that every little every little
0: Detail yeah. is lined up. So when you're fundraising, you know it's easy to hear these kind of sexy success stories where the, you know, guy starts in his garage and he bootstraps his company and everything goes just right. That's really not what generally happens. Buffalo Bill, man. I mean, he brewed in a bathtub. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's those are unicorns, and so you should actually not plan to be the unicorn. You should plan to be
2: the failure. You should plan to be the failure. That's why you got to have two years operating capital, and if you don't need it, fine. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah, then what what did that hurt? Yeah, what did that hurt? All right, and you can pay it back, and everybody's okay, cool. Yeah, but you have to be prepared. If you want to be successful, you have to be prepared for failures. I mean, how many? Breweries flooded, yeah. In oh, these, yes. in, over the last couple of years, yeah. and they didn't have you know um, sufficient insurance. Yeah. You know, tornadoes have, have acted up. I mean, obviously, there's there's climate change, but no politician is willing to admit that. So uh, yeah. we're going to have to be dealing with this off into, off into the future. And you have of to course. be prepared for these things. I was exactly. talking to
0: Vinny Chilerzo about that recently. Uh, it, Vinny, how's
2: he doing, man? He's, I haven't seen him
0: forever. They just opened a new brewery in Windsor. I knew that. Uh, and, they're, and they're doing fine. But he was bringing up, you know, there were the fires in Sonoma County a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And their economy in that area, and, and those of you tourists who like wine and like beer, I'm, I'm speaking to you on behalf of them has still not recovered from that. No. It was a large tourist economy there, and it still hasn't recovered because people think of it as a war zone or whatever. But the point Vinny actually was making is the point you're making now is that when we make our business plans, we don't really account for natural disaster. But it... But you should. It happens. Yes. Yes. And as you're saying, almost it seems like more frequently. Oh, it's definitely more frequently. And... Okay. Right. In right. some ways, you can't make contingency plans for everything. No. But you should. I don't know if it's on the insurance side, and I don't know if it's, it's on the on fundraising the side. side.
2: It's on the fundraising side. It's on, it's on, it's on the location side. Yeah. yeah. I, I bought my house at the highest point in Houston, okay. 33 feet above sea level.
0: <laughs> That's the <laughs> highest <laughs> point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> highest natural point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. 33 feet above sea level. During Harvey, the, right. it came up. To your doorstep? To the Up the driveway. No, we got lucky. Okay. Came up, up the driveway. Another two feet, it might have gotten to the gate. Yeah. Um, but my selling factor for my house is we didn't flood in Harvey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, right. And, and, I, and I still pay only $450 a year for flood insurance. Right, Where because people, of that. Because of that, yeah. yeah. And again,
0: you, you can't plan for everything, so we're not trying to say everything's foolproof, but you've got to think about these things. You
2: have to think about these things. The more concrete we put down, the more water is going to flow into your house or your place of business. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's all there is to it. The more that you're going to get bears coming out and digging through your garbage, the more you're going to get deers jumping through your your plate glass windows. Sure. Right. 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 So, I mean, this is just the sort of thing that, that is is going to happen. You can't plan for that stuff, but you really need to be perhaps a bit overinsured. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that mm-hmm. takes more money too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. it's, it's it really, it always comes down to money, doesn't it? But if you're going to do this, you need to be aware, aware that, of what uh, it's going to cost you. Yes. And yeah. what it could cost you. And you have to be prepared for that. That's why
0: the two years operating capital. Yeah.
2: Uh, and that's just a rule of thumb. That's just a general business rule of thumb for small businesses.
0: Yeah, I like it. You know. now, now, some of you young men and women out there uh, who, are, who are just out of school and you don't have a family yet, obviously your threshold for risk is a little larger. But most of the homebrewers I know, they are. We're talking about their second or third career here, right? right. Mm-hmm. So they've got a family to think about. Don't put that all on the line and risk uh, everything you've already built. And risk everything you've already true. built. And this is. And
2: but some people. Some people are going to do that. Yeah. I talked to very. Uh, uh, I, I was surprised at how many people actually came to the talk. It was. They put me in the big room. Yeah. And, oh, I believe it. And it was almost full. It yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Nine o'clock in the morning. Didn't you guys drink last night? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you showed up. Oh, uh, Yeah. I yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm only sweating from a day and a half ago. You know? But, yeah. um, it's, you know, it's so a lot of people are there, and they were like, you know, some of them, like this last guy that walked up to me, he goes, hey, you talked me out of it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. you talked yeah. me out of it, but I'm and not that was a compliment, it. actually. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, but other people go came up and said, "You talked me into it." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, because half the stuff you said I had checked off, and now the other half I'm going to check off. I'm gonna, yeah. Right, and so I mean, as long as as long as you go, go in, into eyes it, eyes wide open. Eyes yeah. wide open yeah. that, and that's the exact term I use. As long as you go in with eyes wide open, <laughs> and you're and you are perfectly willing. To lose your shirt, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and and your wife, right? You know, and another point. Uh, I remember uh, going over um, to the island uh, of uh, Honolulu and um, opening up a Gordon Biersch, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend at the time like called me up. Yes, I had the 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 five thousand mile a whip called the Motorola flip phone and yeah. Dan Gordon kept whipping me with it. Yeah. Push the button, start it. Push the button. Get back to work. <laughs> you know, but just so she calls me up and she goes, um, I'm going to throw your stuff out on the lot if you don't get home soon." It's oh like, my gosh. I'll get Dan Gordon to buy me new stuff." <laughs> no, I didn't know if Dan Gordon was going to buy me new stuff. That's <laughs> right. But you were you were committed to this craft. I was committed to this craft and and she understood at that point that if it came down to a choice it wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And so you have to you have to make these deals with the devil. I mean, uh, not all spouses are cut out to be you know the mate of a brewer. Yeah. Right, right. Male or female, it doesn't really matter because you are married to that brewery. At least between, when I got to Barley's Casino and Brewing Company in Nevada, I was pretty much twenty four seven for a year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, anything that went wrong, they called me because it was a 24-7 bar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so if something went wrong at 3 o'clock in the morning, they're like, hey, you know, we can't get this going. It's like, yeah, I'll uh-huh. see you in a bit. I only live two blocks away for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Well, and so similar to starting the, the, the Brewing Network, and I am go I went against a lot of this advice you're giving uh, right now. Um, but I was also, I was young. I was single. Uh, not married anyway. Right. Uh, I didn't own a house. I was renting. I didn't have a whole lot to lose. Sure. But by the time, you know, I racked up that credit card debt. Uh, I, yep, yep. I luckily had a girlfriend at the time that su- that supported me and, and thought that, that she, she liked being uh, connected to an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. She found the life exciting as well. But look, man, we almost threw in the towel five years into it. I was sure. broke. The, the credit card debt was racked up. The sponsors looks- were not mm-hmm. signing up. Uh, I said, look, we're going to give this one last shot. We're going to go to the Great American Beer Festival again. And I told, right. I told everybody who was working with me at the time, if nothing happens at that festival, when we come home, we're, we're closing up shop. We're done. And you know what? Just by some stroke of luck, sponsors started knocking on the door and saying we'll be a part of this. But this is a luck story. That, that You know, yeah.
2: it, it is that it isn't because the entrepreneurial spirit seems to attract luck. So is it really luck? Okay, I hear you. Right, Um, your your perseverance. You could have closed up the first time. Yeah, Uh, BJs almost went bankrupt twice. Okay, in their early years. Yeah, right. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, right. And uh, one of one of one of the big mottos. It's like you'd be amazed at how much effect a small group of people can make on history. Yeah, in fact. that's almost always the way it's ever been right right all right so you go into it knowing that it's a chance yeah you know but you're going into it feet first fully committed yeah all right and right. committed can be take it the, any way you want <laughs> that's right
0: is this part of your do's and don'ts that that you got
2: to be fully committed you got to it? be fully committed if you're not fully committed just just uh, once again, give me your money now. Stack it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to be all in on I this. I got, I got better uses for it than you do. You, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you have to be fully committed. If you're not fully committed, um, and you're only half ass, you know. Yeah. Then yeah. you're also yeah. half slow. Yeah. (laughs) And, okay,
0: so that's one, I guess that's a place I'll I'll pat myself and the team at the Brewing Network on the back. Everyone was always all in. Everyone was like, no, this is what we want to do. But also you have to face
2: this fact, too. You are an incredibly charismatic guy. Thank you, sir. You know, with, Mm -hmm. with... wild staring eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they are, I'm, I'm crazy-eyed for sure. Yeah, you're sure, crazy-eyed. Right? You're crazy-eyed. like, I don't even know how women date you. They should know that. <laughs> yeah. There should be like a crazy-eyed monitor. Ooh, he's got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that perpetual nativity.
3: You know, Not, little like, night, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, but so... Maybe this is something that is in your do's and don'ts too. You you got to know yourself well enough to know if you're going into the right. field. You have to be honest with yourself. And I think I yeah. knew that about me that I could right. go all right, crazy or not, I'm gonna go down this road. Yeah. And you have to know these. Uh, you got to know your skills. Maybe you're maybe you're a good brewer, but your skills are more in the back office running the business. Absolutely. So you got to recognize right. these things too, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You,
2: oh, you, you certainly do. I mean, I'm I'm I find I, mean, I was I was I was actually an excellent brewer. However, um, I'm a better manager.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I'm a better teacher. Yeah, you know.
0: I think you got to know these things. It's yeah. why I quit music. I was never going to be a rock star. Oh, I quit too. You know, I was a bass player. Oh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm tall and black. I had to be. <laughs> but yes, that's, that's, but I bet you're like rule. me.
0: I, I loved it. Yeah, yes. I wanted it more than anything. I wanted a career in music, and a, but I had to one day say, you know what? It's not quite in your skill set to be that kind of a professional. Right. I sold my
2: uh, Sun 200S amp, my JBL speakers, yeah. and my fully blonde of, uh, you know, Fender bass. Sweet. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, so, see, I got a keyboard left so I could Right. You no know, tinkle.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Same. I got still got my guitar in the corner. Right. You know, but you got to know your skill set. Sure. Vinny's a good example of this. Mm-hmm. His skill set's in that goddamn brewery. Absolutely. And every day he's in the brewery. I meet other brewers who they start out as a great brewer and their skill set becomes a manager, like right. I said.
2: And, and, you know, and that's, but not only, first of all, most brewers-
3: Are not business
2: people. Are not business people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are not business people. <laughs> and no, they're not- too. They're not managers. And managing brewers is like herding cats. Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right?
2: So so it becomes a very difficult thing to do. And I had a steep learning curve when I got to BJ's. Okay. It was easier at uh, Gordon Biersch, and it was easier at, at, at Station Casinos. But when I got to BJ's, you had all these pretty much shoot-from-the-hip brewers.
3: Oh, yeah. You yes. know,
2: out there. And they're like, you know, why should I listen to it? Who the hell are you? Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be like this, is it? <laughs> yeah. All right. And it took two years, you know? And then one time, you know, Alex just called myself an Owen into the office and said, "You two better get it together. Or you're both out of here." Yeah, it's like, okay, get your shit together. Yeah, so okay, and then, you know what, we reeled it in, we reined it in, we, we we were successful. But you know, you have to you have to believe in yourself that you could do it. Yeah, yep. it would have been easy just to say, "Okay, see, ya, I'm going, I'm I'm going back to Vegas." I yeah, they offered me twenty thousand bucks not to leave. You know, <laughs> so I can go back there. You know, and, and boom. Sure, but I knew that I had really hit the ceiling there as far as. You know, as far as, uh, you know, how far up the pole I could go there. Okay. But I had a much taller, you know, ceiling yeah. at BJ's. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I not only did it, I pass up the $20,000 that they offered me to go higher, but I also took a $20,000 cut and paid to go there. <laughs> sure. However, my wife wanted out of Las Vegas. There and... So, so that meant I wanted out of Las Vegas, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? There are these uh, exterior benefits. Yeah. You know. Yes, I, yeah. ab- ab- absolutely. You know, and, and I have to admit, I, I you know I married up. You know, she's uh, smart. She's got I don't know four degrees, four wow. certifications, yeah. speaks four languages. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, this is like. Yeah. Uh, did her her plan for retirement is to speak a fifth and sixth language. Oh, like my that. gosh.
0: Now I feel like more of a knucklehead yeah, over you, here. You, she's Canadian, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> she's <laughs> kind. <laughs> so part of what I like about what you're saying, we haven't touched on this, is, is I keep talking about being an entrepreneur and being a, a, a brewery owner. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the all-encompassing part of your talk. Maybe I just want to go work at a brewery and, and be a was brewer. And how I started. Okay. I said, first of all,
2: if you're going to if you're going to get into this business, you need to know what it's about. Okay. Yeah. So go work either on. go work for the man. All right. Or intern. Yeah. Right. I've had 18 interns. Only three went into brewing. Wow. Okay. I've had I don't know 50, 60, 70 trainees. Yeah. And only about half of those stayed in brewing. Okay. Right. So it's. So many people got there and realized, oh, this is hard work. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought we were gonna like make recipes and we we're gonna put this in there and then we we're sure. gonna, like, you know, sit around the table and, sit, and drink. And, and, and and drink it. You know, it's like, no, this is it's hard work. Yeah, you know, you got to grain out, you got to take those smelly baskets outside, you got to do all this stuff, you got to yeah. crawl in the vessels, got to scrub stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they, I tell them even before they start, it's like we're janitors that can cook.
4: Yeah, right. Right, and we and drink a you, lot of coffee,
2: and we drink a lot of coffee. If you don't understand that. You're in the wrong place. That's right. And most of them didn't understand it until they worked there.
0: Understand this gig, and the best way to do that is to go work in it. Is to go Mm -hmm. work in it. And
2: every person that feels that they need to be a brewer, a pro brewer, needs to go and see what it takes to be a pro brewer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's
2: hard. Which is why I suggest the Nano once again. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because uh, anybody could sell two to uh, seven kegs of anything.
0: Sure. That's a good point.
2: You know, and and it's real easy. Uh, Now, most places you can self-distribute. You got one, six barrels that you can put out there. Uh, You know, you don't have to... You know, you, you could have a staff of one if you want. Yeah. You know. Heck, you can um, buy
0: a more beer system that that's brewing you half a barrel of beer at a time. Absolutely.
2: And I I I, I showed the more beer. I showed the Blickman. I showed the SS. Uh, there's a couple of others I could have shown, but I was running out of time. Yeah. But I mean, just yeah. to let people know that there's these really fun systems out there sure. to brew on. Uh, you could go all electric. You could go programmable. You could do all kind of different things you want. Yeah. To make your job easier. Yeah. You know. But you're still talking. You know, if even if you're going with a one barrel, you're still talking. By the end, you by by the time you buy uni tanks and all that stuff, and a, and a chiller, yeah. and you know, grist mill and stuff like that, you're probably still talking. You know, fifty, sixty thousand right. dollars investment exactly, there. Yeah. Plus, you got a lease or move into somebody's you know existing business, which yeah. is what I suggest. Yeah, I, I've actually scoped out two places where I could move in a nano brewery right now. Okay, you know, in an existing business that has a built in audience.
3: Yep. There you go. Yeah. Right. This is a good point. So
2: I mean, these these are things: easy to clean, easy to, to make storage, easy overhead. You could you could piggyback your orders on a bigger brewery. You just go up to a, to another brewery. You know, in Houston, you go up to St. Arles. You go to any of the other smaller ones. You know, Eleven Below or something like that, and say, hey, you're ordering grain. Make it two pallets. I get your discount, and I'll buy half a pallet of
0: Sure. And by the way, in today's market, these existing breweries that didn't make it are gonna are gonna come up more and more because they're not listening to Mufasa's advice. They're not, and the shakeout's gonna happen. And this is my cautionary tale. It happened in the '90s
4: yeah. we had a
2: lot fewer breweries. Yeah, right. All right, there's a lot of bad beer out there. Yeah. All right, uh, the the audience is become is becoming sav- savvy, savvier yeah. than they were. Yeah. And and uh, in the search for variety is making it much more difficult for these people to have these beers. That's why a tap room is
0: so much smarter than Thank opening you. a brewery. I mean, yeah. I, I've not made a whole bunch of smart moves, but I do think that's one of them.
2: And that was always my case. People would ask me, it's like, when are you going to open your brewery? It's like, if I open anything, it's going to be a tap room. Yeah. yeah. Why add my 8 to 20 beers to the 80,000? Yeah. That are out there on the market right now, and right, I think right.
0: this is also a good point because there are a lot of different jobs in the brewing industry that you can take on. You you, you can have a love for beer and not open a brewery, and not open a brewery. You can Absolutely. open a tap room. You can start writing about beer, like our friend John did. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I use
2: his I use his book as my as my textbook at UNLV. Yeah, uh, see, yeah, that was always <laughs>
3: a high point for me. Yeah, yeah. You, Always You appreciated can be, that. you
0: can become a consultant. You can become a manufacturer like John Blickman. Like right. It, back to music. I took a music class, and the, the, this, this professor, it was a college music class, and he, he, there's you know, 150 kids in the room, and he said, raise your hand if you know a rock star. <laughs> Not one of them. No, nobody. Nobody knew one. Nobody was really? you know, he's like, He's like, okay, that's how rare it is to become a rock star. None of you even know one, but... I'm here to tell you you can have a career in music yes uh, you can be a studio musician you can be a wedding band you it's can amazing
2: be... how many studio musicians are out there <laughs> and so
0: and so I think that brewing is is a similar thing of course everybody wants yes. the sexy shiny Russian River brewing company of course of right? course but right. you can still have a career in this gig you know
2: absolutely you could have a career in this gig and you know what and and like you know as I get closer to retirement age um, you know I mean, I may look like a young buck to you. Yeah, but what are you? 45, 46 now. Yeah, right, now? right, right. Uh, I, I will be <laughs> at my eligible collecting social security age in August. God bless you. Yes. Yeah. So uh, basically, uh, I'm looking to run a tap room or something like that. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to get away from the daily grind of, of yeah. having to like produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And get into something that is, could be real enjoyment because I know so much about beer. Um, a, a lot of these brewers walking this floor here, I've I forgotten more 10 years ago than they'll learn. And uh, it's just, I mean, you know, I got into this 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is 30 years. Yeah. I was, I, I was a lousy um,
0: home brewer back then, but I'm a much better home brewer now. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Yeah.
0: By um, the way, I think it was, uh, speaking of that, it was Mufasa who came on the show and said... Uh, extract brewing is not brewing oh man we got a lot of blowback from that <laughs> i know you did <laughs> wow <laughs> let's do this we're going to take a quick break and when we okay. come back we're going to get uh, mufasa's top tips of why or why not to go pro hang in there you're listening to Bruce strong we'll be right back <laughs> welcome back to Bruce strong we are live from HomebrewCon in providence rhode island talking to our good friends always so much fun to talk to you mufasa uh, and at the break, we were just talking a little bit. I, I think it's important to note, we're, we're, we're giving you cautionary tales. We're, we're, we're sort of telling you like it is right. so that you can go in this with eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to gloss over the fact that we are still in one of the best industries there is. So I, we don't want it to sound negative.
2: We don't want it to sound negative. When, when I was doing uh, Beer Geeks, um, David Page, who was 40 years in the news industry, and it was a war correspondent and interviewed all kinds of people, he was absolutely amazed yeah. at how right. nice and how cool
0: yeah. the brewing industry oh, was. yes, yeah.
2: He was like, "Is everybody like this?" Is it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, with great risk, there is great reward. Absolutely, as nice there is in this. I did a. I got invited to do a podcast conference once. They wanted me to give a, a presentation because I'm one of the only to, you, to people who have made a career in podcasting. I think I can count them on two hands. Right. You know, it's it's right. not that. Many. It's a tough. It's a tough business also. Well. I gave everyone else giving presentations there was really like hurrah hurrah for podcasting right I kind of got up there and told them like it was. I told everybody there who was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about making a career sitting in their living room recording themselves right. about how fucking tough it is. And uh, I've never been invited back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a number of people afterward come up to me and at least say, you know what, thanks for being real about the the risks involved and, and how difficult it is. You really got to be good at what you do. Yes, absolutely. Right. In everything. In yeah.
2: everything. And, and if you're going to make a career out of it, you have to like you, you. You have to be committed. You're committed yeah. to doing what you do. Yeah, right, I mean, right. you you converted your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm committed to not having a real job. It's frankly right. what well, I'm well, committed you know what? to, yeah. and and I understand that. I've I've uh, I understand that completely. <laughs> I've I've always worked ever since I was 14. That was the youngest age you could get a uh, work, right. work permit. Work permit, yeah. Uh, but before too, that, I mean, I mowed lawns and I and I. Remember when you could get five cents for a 7-Up bottle? Yeah. I used to collect bottles, man. I, I buy candy for a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, I've always been committed to working. A strong work ethic. Yeah, a strong work ethic. My father taught me that. Um, he was the smartest man I know that ever got through the third grade. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, he was also a
0: chef, so what can sure, I say? Sure, you sure, sure. So um, give it... In summary, what are your top tips and top do's or don'ts for someone who wants to work in this industry? Okay. Uh, top do's. Because most of them are do's. Yeah.
2: But let's let's start out with the stuff that's going to affect you the most. There's 7,500 breweries out there. The competition is stiff. Right. If you're going into a package brewery, a microbrewery, which most of the craft breweries are, the shelf space is limited. Right. You've got uh, AB and Bev. You've got Heineken. You've got... Uh, you know, I, I, I won't include Duval Mark out there because I kind of like them. Uh, but uh, the, right. the fact is, they have shelf space that you'll never get. Okay, right? You will you never know get that. This. You got to know that, and you've got to compete for that three foot section. Yeah. All right, that's left five shelves, three foot. That's all you're going to get in most places. All right, and you're going to have to compete with everybody else out there. Okay. Right. All right? right. So that's that's a, that's another cautionary part. The other thing is is that um, things have really changed in the market. Okay. Right? Yeah. And uh, one of the big things that that has changed it is the new generations coming up. The millennials and Gen Z have a completely different way of looking at things. They're not like boomers at all. Yeah. Right? right, right. So they're not committed to loyalty to any one brewery. Right? right, right. Most of the people that are going to be committed to loyalty to a brewery are going to be people closer to your age sure right sure and 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 even older people like me you know so uh so those so understand that okay so now the do's what you must do is understand your audience
3: right number 1
2: and while you understand your audience you have to understand your location okay and how that affects that audience and how audience. that affects that audience and it, when, it, when I say location, that means everything that goes with the location. The taxes, the water district, the right. uh, um, uh, your, your your ability to uh, have year-round employment. I mean, are you going to put it where you had to close down for three months because of snow? Yeah. You know, right, that sort right. of thing. So, you, you, you have to know the location is going to be, you have to go in wide, eyes wide open with that in mind. Because if you only want to have a resort, a brewery, yep. then fine. You can. You can. Yeah. you can. You can do that. But... You know that that's not gonna, you know, pay the sport, the rest of the year the yeah. rest of the year's rent. Yeah. Right. So you got to make a buttload of money. Yeah. To survive the rest of the year, you got
0: to squirrel away your nuts. Sure. This uh, is another reason, by the way, that the the brewing network works for me. I don't need to have a yacht. I d- I never got into this to be rich. All right. Right. Uh, I I should have opened a brewery and sold it like Ballast Point if I wanted that. Right. <laughs> well. But I'm happy to pay my rent and have a good gig. Absolutely, and then let's let's talk about Ballast Point.
2: Constellation Brands closed down two Ballast Point locations. They poured out hundreds of gallons of barrel-aged beer. Yeah. They cut their plans for opening uh, the tap room in uh, Virginia and in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they fired sixty sales reps. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And they admitted that they paid too much for Bellas Point.
0: Yeah, if that's not a failed investment, I don't know what is.
2: Right. So basically, what they have done now is cut off anybody doing, you know, what uh, Golden Road has done. Yeah. Right. You know, going into it to sell. Yeah. That's not going to happen anymore. Right. Now, if it does, you're not going to be getting a billion dollars. I guarantee it. No. Yeah. You might
0: do all right, but uh, those. days are You might do all right, gone. but those yeah. days are gone. It's yeah. over. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: so know that that's that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the next do uh, is. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> Which one should I do
0: next? Yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> they're also important. They're, they're, they're also important. Okay, uh, we already talked about know your audience, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. we did know your audience and the location and all the laws involved. Uh, the legal stuff. The legal you need stuff. a yes. lawyer. Yeah. They. I mean, I know that the people talk about how bad they are and, and they're scumbags and they're bottom feeders. But they are a necessary evil in this. My the, lawyer is
0: my best friend right now. Oh,
2: you know what? Mm-hmm. I I really like my
0: lawyer. Yeah. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. And so, uh, these are these are things you have to take into consideration. They need to go through all the laws that will affect you. Yeah. When yeah. you open that brewery, you need to know everything that's going to affect you. Yeah. Not down to the parking. That's right. Right. You know. Yeah. That's right. Down and to I the guess parking.
3: you know with the. Looking at the beer industry, as some of the best people on earth, right? I think the lawyers that cater to the beverage industry are the best lawyers
2: on earth. That's right. right. I agree. I agree.
3: Yeah, there's some great ones out there. And here's
2: another big thing that uh, we didn't mention earlier, earlier, and that is protect your product. Oh yes. So many people don't protect their product, and uh, one of the slides up there is like secret squirrel society. I said there's a lot of secret squirrels up there, out there waiting to steal your nuts. Yeah. You know they're going to grab your nuts. And, uh, and not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So uh, the other thing you need to do is trademark your stuff. That yeah. will come back and bite you in the ass. Uh, if you remember at BJ's, we had a beer uh, that we called for a little while the beer formerly known as Tempest. Yeah. <laughs> we were sued by a, uh, a winery okay. that had uh-huh. the same name. Okay. No competition whatsoever. Right. Doesn't matter though, right. but it doesn't matter, and they, it was better to pay them off than to, than to go through years of litigation. Yeah, yep. right. Yep. yep. So yeah. that cost a buttload of money, and for a smaller company, they might not have survived that. Yeah. Sure. I
3: tried right? to I tried to trademark the use of Palmer in beer, right. and I was prevented from doing so by a winery in France. That's no. a Palmer Winery, and I never heard of them. Sure. Wow. But,
2: no, I know, but yeah. that, that's it's yeah. like and what.
3: So, yeah, I can I cannot do a collaboration beer with Palmer on the label.
2: Wow, that is, and you know, and you need to know this stuff before oh, yeah. you go into it because people are going, okay, here's my fictitious name, here's this, here's this, here's this, and and then next thing you know, somebody's at your door with a cease and desist. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I've
0: been so I've been using Hop Grenade for 14 years. I'm in a trademark dispute right now with a company who really? claims I shouldn't be able to use Hop Grenade. And uh, we used it first. Uh, Nobody. Theirs is not Hop Grenade. It's just close to it. Uh. It has Grenade in it, and it's in the alcohol industry. And they've had that trademarked longer. They haven't known about me until now, and they're claiming So, So at this moment, I also can't put the text Hop Grenade on a beer if (laughs) I were to produce it. Wow. And so I'm saying that even—I'm putting a fine point on what you're saying, Mufasa, that even when you think it's fine— it's still not fine sometimes no. you got to have a lawyer you got to look at these things exactly if nothing yeah. else you got to be ready and nimble when it happens absolutely so thank god for john over at beerlawcenter.com who's helping me navigate this situation right now
2: absolutely so i mean it, so that the legal part is so so very important the trademark is so very important, but you also need to audit your beer in the field. Yeah, ah, yes. And that's so many people don't do that. And, you know, I mean, how many airports have you been to where the beer tastes like oh, crap? Yeah. yeah. I would not have my beer in the airport. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Just period, because they don't clean lines. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. Uh,
3: I remember when we were in South Africa last oh, year. Oh, God. And the guy says, oh, yeah, I never drink our beer anymore. And you were just wow. flabbergasted.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because nobody's good. Once it leaves your brewery, you have no idea what's going on. Sure, of course. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. So, so you need to audit out in the field. Uh, you know the the tale I have from from Gordon Biersch is the, driving by the Smith's uh, store down by Sunset Station night, and I I pulled over and I saw two pallets of Gordon Biersch beer sitting out in the 105 degree sun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. And I went over and I touched the side. This beer is brewing. Yeah. You know. So I just I called up Dan Gordon and say, hey. This beer is—it's boiling out here. It's yeah. done. You know, we, we need to—we need to call this back. But whose fault is that? Yeah, the, the it store is not going to take—it doesn't matter. The store is not going to take that hit. Right. Right. So you really need to make sure that people are, are, are giving your beer the respect that you give it when you make it. Yeah. All right. So you have to go out there, and if necessary, clean your own lines. If necessary, train your own people at the at the at the retail outlet. Right. Yeah. Go in there have have a have a you know give them a couple glasses give them a t-shirt or two and say okay this is how you're going to do this stuff we're going to check on you sure you know and if you and if you're good at it we'll we, we might give you a yeah. discount for this or something like yeah 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 right and just make take sure care of your product take from beginning product. to end from beginning to end because you you're otherwise yeah. the worst the worst advertising is <laughs> is word of mouth yeah. yeah and if if it's if 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 it's bad it's also the best advertising it's also the best advertising yeah. but i mean you know they you know how they in in, in, uh, in hollywood they say you know all all news good news you yeah know, right, all, right. all yeah. bad yeah, but, yeah you not, know, not
4: necessarily
0: so yeah not yeah.
2: necessarily so yeah. so right. so when you have a bad beer out there and either your fault or their fault yeah it it's going to affect not just your brewery but everybody else because now people are going to just throw you into that category. Associate craft beer with maybe somebody's shit beer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of shit beer out there. Yeah. So now you're going into a market where you automatically are going to be associated with some shitty beer out
0: there. So, and and at the sa- on the same note, have some respect for your industry yes. and don't be a part of that.
2: Don't be a part mm-hmm. of it. Throw, I wish more brewers would throw away beer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
2: You know, Agreed. I mean... It, it, gone are the days where you can put some raspberry syrup in it and call it a sour. Right. <laughs> you know? When I listen
0: to podcasts that don't pay attention to audio, that don't pay attention to content, I'm actually offended. You should be. It, it oh, yeah. offends me that they have the balls to get into an industry that they didn't pay attention to. They didn't do their homework. They didn't learn how to be a professional. Right. And it bothers me. It offends me. And I right. think brewers should feel the same.
2: Brewers have to feel the same, and, right. and as, as a group of brewers, we need to defend that. Yeah, yeah. All right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it should be all of our jobs yeah, to exactly. defend that, to yeah. make that. And, and it's hard to, to tell a brewer uh, who's nose blind to a product that he sells. It is hard, but it's but necessary. it's necessary. Right. you it got to tell them. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I, I tell people to do is invite in the home brew club, which a lot of pro brewers are just like, ah! but <laughs> yeah, yeah. invite it to the homebrew club, have them critique your beers. Yeah. 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 And I, 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 I did that. I wasn't afraid. Good. You know, when they, and they often told me what category to put it in. And that category won.
0: You know, I know a lot of bar and restaurant owners that hate Yelp. I'm not one of them. I love it. And here's why. Uh, yes. Are there maniacs out there that make reviews yes. that are out of left field? Yeah. Absolutely. However, I can see a common theme when I read my reviews. Sure. And so if, 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 if there's a common theme about slow customer service, for example, yep. guess what? I probably have slow, slow customer, customer service. service. <laughs> uh, if yeah. you go to a homebrew club and you give them your beer and there's a common theme about diacetyl or under attenuation, guess what? You're probably under attenuated. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So you, you should seek out this feedback and find common themes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, yeah. if I can do this, Mufasa, uh, to, to sum it up in, 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 after listening to you, uh, it's going to sound a little obvious, but. If you're going to go into this profession or any profession, right, be a professional. Yes. And what that means <laughs> is all of the things that you've said, Mufasa. You got to know your market. You got to know your craft. Mm-hmm. You got to understand your own skill set. You right. got to understand how to get your your product to market in the right way. How to take care of it. Be a professional is all encompassing. It That's, is, and, and too it many is, it really people does. want to stumble into a profession. Oh, all of a sudden, we're all professionals right. and everything. We're absolutely not. Right. I am not a brewer, okay? And I won't pretend to be. Mm-hmm. And I hope you don't either if you're not a brewer. If you're not a brewer. <laughs> and, and
2: and this is, be a professional, you're right. It sounds obvious. But you have to understand what that phrase means. Yeah. Yes. Being a, being a professional means that you go in yeah. knowing what you're going to do, that you've done your homework. Right. Right. That you know the local laws. That you know how many parking spaces you have to have. Yeah. That you know that you can't offsell beer if you don't. It can't offsell beer. You know that you're in a dry county, or or <laughs> you know that um, you know you can't self distribute. You need to know all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You need to know the demographics of your area. If you don't know the demographics of your area, you're, you're it's a lost cause because yeah. you have to target your audience. And you, know, you could have days for, for millennials and, and Gen Z, you could have days for boomers, but you need to know what's going on. You need to know who has the money in your area. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right? And the competition is not just other breweries, it's tap rooms, it's bars. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's any, wineries. It's wineries. It's any place that has an alcoholic beverage in it. That's yeah. right. Right? Yeah. And so when you say, oh, yeah, there's only one brewery in town. Yeah, but that's not all you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> How many tap rooms are there? Yeah. Is there a winery close by? Is there? Are there tasting rooms for, you know, are there these, like what's that what's the bricks is that that's one of those wine places yeah yeah opened yeah, up oh, a little place. yeah. Yep. um mm-hmm. you know you just you need to know that these are going to be competition and you have to know what other ancillary items you need to carry to right. keep your audience solid because yeah. The guy might want to come there, but the girl might not, yep. or vice versa. Yep. Because yeah. the guy only drinks Bud Light, and she likes, you know, Imperial Stouts, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, you, so you have to have your audience keyed in by the beers that you make sure, and right. the beers you carry. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Look, you're going to
0: make mistakes along the way. You're going to learn as you go, and that, that's part of this process. But if you're going to be a professional, be a professional.
2: Be a professional. <laughs> do, do the homework. Do you know, when homework. you go yep. to your
0: doctor... And all, every, without exception, every one of our listeners right now, when you go to your doctor, you expect them to know exactly what they're doing. Yes. And you know what? They probably do. Right. They spent the time going to school. They spent the time right. getting educated. And now they've spent the time in practice so that when I go, I trust what I'm doing. If you're going to be a brewer, I want to go into your brewery and trust that, and you, trust that you, you know what brewery. you're doing
2: too. And and unfortunately, we don't have that trust. That's right. You're All right. right. And, and 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 it's I I I like to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. True. But as yeah. more breweries come around, I see that I, my trust level has, is is starting to go down sure. a bit. Uh You know. But really, the major thing right now is before you do any of this. Yeah. Right. Before you do anything, go intern or work at a brewery. Yes. You need to know what it takes to do.
4: Yep. Yep.
3: Eyes wide open. Yeah. Because,
2: uh, like I said, so many people have said to you, "This is hard work. How do you do it?" It's like I like doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You obviously don't.
4: Yeah. Yep.
0: See ya. All right. Take <laughs> Mufasa's advice. I want to thank you for being on the program today. Yeah. Uh, you Thanks know,
2: thank so you for having me because I, you know, the, the Brewing Network. Well, we always I have a good it. time. Yeah, we always have a good time. <laughs> it's and, always uh, a pleasure. I, I plan on being out your way. Okay. Um. Uh. Before the year end. And so I will make sure to let you know. Come see our new studio. You I haven't been come in there see our yet. New studio.
0: All right. If you want to, is I'm it air sure. conditioned? It's air conditioned. <laughs> yes, I built it around an air conditioner, literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so come out and, and do that with us. If you're an American Homebrewers Association member, I'm pretty sure that you can download the entire presentation that Michael did this week. Uh, I'm pretty sure they make that available to members nowadays. That's right. So yep. check that out. Uh, thank you again for being on the program. Oh no, thank you for having me. John, good to see you, man. You too, always.
2: Man. Yep. John and I traveled to uh,
0: South Africa together. It was a fun time. That was, a good,
3: that was a great trip.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Mr. Palmer, I had a good time this week with you, Yes, buddy.
3: you too, man.
0: Another homebrewers' conference under our belts. Yep. Yeah, always good to be here. All right, we'll see you back home in the studio. And uh, well wishes to Jamil, who will be back on Bruce Strong soon. You know, I, was really, soon. I really wanted to
2: see Jamil. I haven't
0: seen him for, like, I don't know how long. I miss yeah. him, too. It's been a couple months since I've seen him myself. He's doing all right. Um, but he had to get home for some family stuff. And hopefully he'll be back on a future Bruce Strong very, very yep. soon. Next Absolutely. Month, okay? All right. Thank you, y'all, for listening. Thank Bruce you. Strong. And we'll see you next time. Bruce Strong.